SoWin TV presents. SoWin TV presents. Hi, everybody. This is Love Him, Love Them with Linda Gunner, where we give hope, touch lives, and change hearts. Guys, we have done an entire series on how to pray and get what you pray for. But for some reason, people still aren't getting their prayers answered. And so I uh, am joining up. I have a great new friend called Steve Hemphill, and he's done a whole series on this with lots of other things. And so I just wanted to communicate some of those things with you. So if you pray and all your prayers get answered, you can go ahead and click off or go watch something else. Uh, But for right now, I just want to talk to you about this. Uh, And I want to start off by talking about college football. Now, I'm not... Do you know who's number one? Is Georgia still number one? Oh, okay. Well, we're not going to talk about that then. They were number one, but I think something happened with Missouri or Kent State or let's just leave that out of there. But this is what I want to talk to you about. I went to a a football game, a Georgia game last Saturday or the Saturday before. I can't remember. And I took a couple of our girls with us. And do you know how many rules there are? I was showing them about stuff they could bring into the stadium because they all have. We have a good friend that makes clear bags, Kelly with Capri Designs, who's one of our amazing sponsors. And um, she has um, clear bags for the stadiums. And I was telling the girls, you know, you can't bring this in, you can't bring that in. They were like, oh, can we have our water bottle? Can we have this? So I just I want to show you this. <laughs> Football stadiums are full of rules and boundaries, okay? Number one, you cannot have non-clear bags. You can't have backpacks. You can't have bag clear bags that are bigger than 12 by 12. You can't have laser pointers. Why is that on there? Maybe you're going to do it to the players or something. You can't have thermos bottles, bottles or cans, infant seats, strollers, artificial noisemakers, umbrellas. That stinks if it's raining. Oh, this makes sense. You can't have a weapon of any kind. I bet guys do walk in there with guns, though. You can't have ice bags, hard surface materials, ice chests, food drink containers, cameras with detachable lenses, or seat backs that are 16 inches or have arms or pockets. That's just a little bit of the list of the stuff you can't have in a football stadium, right? And then... I was going to list out all of the boundaries of the games, which this is so funny. You would have just, my husband would have busted his head up and laughing if he heard my explanation to the, because I have two girls with me or no, one girl from Haiti and one girl from America, but they've never been to a football game before. And I am explaining to them the game of football, right? I'm explaining to them the boundaries, the rules, what the lines on the field are for. I mean, it, it <laughs> should have made a video about football for dummies explained by mommy Linda, but you know what? We had a good time. But here's my question for you. If there's boundaries and there's... Because can you imagine going to a football game and they don't have the lines on the field? What? They they do that little replay thing of a bob, which now at the at the UGA Stadium, when they... They've never done this before, but when they're replaying whatever the... Uh, what are the people called that are out there? Umpires? Referees? Whatever they are. You know, when they look at it and they say, we have to uh, review this play... They now they're showing on the big screen what they're reviewing. So like if the guy's foot is on the thing or not, when he caught it, it goes down and it goes back up. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So the whole stadium knows whether it's good or bad before. But I mean, there's if there were no if there were no lines on the field, it would be a stupid game. Right. I mean, what are you going to do? You don't know if they're in or if they're out. And that's the same way with Christianity. There are rules and there are boundaries. And 
you have to, it's not a game. Christianity is not a game. I'm not saying it's a football game, but there are certain stipulations that God has. You know, I was at um, Longhorns, one of my favorite restaurants, and they are not a sponsor of ours. So don't go there because you think they're a sponsor. I need to work on that. But I was at Longhorns the other day and a very well-known person in our community, which was a very tiny community, so it doesn't take a lot to be well-known. But a very well-known person in our community walked in, and, and they were going with their whole office staff, and they were going to sit down. And the owner saw me and uh, said some really nice things, and then he just sat down right beside me. I was there with my mom, and he sat down right beside me and said, um, and he couldn't uh, turn his neck. And I was like, what in the world is wrong with you? And he was like, you know, I've had this surgery, I've had that, I have, I don't even remember what he said, something about a nerve or something. And I said, well, um, have you anointed that with oil? And he's like, what? I said, have you anointed it with oil? And he said, no. So I always have oil in my pocketbook. Um, and I pulled some out and I prayed for him right there in Longhorns and I anointed him with oil. And he was like, well, thanks a lot. I really appreciate that. But kind of like, um, what's that word? Placating me. You know, sort of like, you know, whatever, big deal. And I said, well, have you prayed about your neck being healed? And he was like, have I prayed? Yeah, I've prayed. Everybody else has prayed. Everybody's prayed for it. And I said, oh, okay. I said, well, do you happen to have any unforgiveness in your life? He was like, unforgiveness? No, I've forgiven everybody. Well, maybe except for that ex. Oh, no, no, no. Except for it always comes back to the ex-wife, right? There's so many guys walking around with gout and they got arthritis and all because they don't want to. Uh, so he, I get the whole story about his ex-wife, something about a million dollars and blah, 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 blah. Well, it's pretty well known in our community. If I know something in our community, it's well known because I don't know nothing about nobody. Right. But it's pretty well known that this gentleman has is in a relationship I thought was married with another person that's in the office, right? So I say, you know, before you got married to this person, have you, have you forget married? He's like, I'm not married. I was like, you're not married. I said, boy, you living in sin. <laughs> I was just like calling it out. All of a sudden he was able to turn his neck to look at me. <laughs> what do you mean I'm living in sin? I was like, dude, everybody knows if I'm not living with that person, I'm in my house. She's in her house. We're not living together. And you know what? If you had had a million dollars taken from you by your ex-wife, you would never get married again either. And I was like, well, it's, at least there's not any bitterness. <laughs> it just goes on and on. So I'm doing this like major counseling session and anointing with oil at Longhorns while I'm eating my mushrooms, which is another story. I have gone back to mushrooms. You'll have to look that up and see why I wouldn't eat mushrooms for a while. But I mean, you know, the bottom line is this, and I'll end up using that as a miracle story pretty soon. But isn't it funny how he knows the rules? I mean, it doesn't matter if you're uh, professing to be a Christian or not professing to be a Christian. Everybody knows living together is a sin. He knew it was a sin. And you know what? Be real honest with you. Now that I'm thinking about it, when the choir was on tour, I remember going to a church and speaking. And he and that person that he said he's not married to, that I thought he was married to, were sitting in the congregation. So they attend church. But you know what? Just because you were in a garage don't make you a car either, right? So just because you go to church. But all of that to say, some uh, I'll have to tell you the rest of that story at some point. But you know what? Sin hinders our prayers. It just does. So if you're sinning, and, and plus on top of that, when I said have you forgiven anybody, that's, that's funny to me too. Because people are always like, I don't have anybody in my life I need to forgive. 
But then as soon as he started telling me the story about his ex-wife, do you know how much money she took from me and how much money she cost me? And, and I was like, well, at least you've forgiven her and you don't have any bitterness. No, you haven't forgiven her. Because if you've forgiven her, you're not, you're, you shouldn't be telling me that, right? You're not going to be, uh, especially coming back with that story so strong. Jeremiah 11, they have gone back to the same sins their ancestors did and worshiped other gods. Israel and Judah have broken the agreement I made with their ancestors. So this is what the Lord says. They'll cry. Listen, this is big. They will cry to me for help, but I ain't going to listen to them. Did you hear that? That's in the Bible. Jeremiah 11, 10 and 11. They've gone back to the same sins. They've worshiped other gods. They're going to cry to me for help, but I'm not going to listen to them. What's the? Uh, you might be like, well, he wasn't worshiping another God. Oh, yes, he was worshiping another God, the God of lust, the God of I'm going to do what I want to do when I want to do it. And I don't care because if she if somebody hurt me, I can still do what I want to do. You know, worshiping other gods hinders your prayer. It says it right there. They worshiped other gods because they're worshiping other gods. Some of it for me, you know, the other God I worship my stomach. And God says it over and over in the Bible. I mean, I just did it last night. We had Bible study. And one of those, I tell people at Bible study, I tell Michael, do not bring yeast rolls. Homemade yeast rolls. And he brings them. It's like being disobedient. I tell Shirley, do not bring pecan pie. Homemade pecan pie. I mean, I was amazing this whole week long. And then I walk in my own own house and there is a pecan pie. And I chose that pecan pie, knowing I did not need that pecan pie, it was gluttony. So when I work, when I do that, if I don't ask for forgiveness, I'm sinning. That that is that is worshiping another god. And when we cry out to God, He's not He's not going to be listening to us. And you know, another thing is, uh, and we did a whole series on this about covenant because covenant is all throughout the Bible, but we don't know what a covenant is today. But breaking covenant with God hinders our prayers. You know, in that we're still in that same verse, Jeremiah eleven ten. they have broken the agreement. I will not listen to them. You know, I, I don't know if anybody even, all you ever hear about is uh, we're all God's children. God is so good. God is good. He's an amazing God. The same way I'm a good parent whenever I don't let my children do everything that they want to do when they want to do it, how they want to do it, because I know it's going to hinder them, right? So he tells us, uh, let's just go on to a very familiar one. I'm not going to get stuck on covenant because that's hard to explain. We've got so many other good ones that everybody does understand. Doubt. Doubt hinders your prayers. You know, in the New Testament, in James 1, 6, God says, but when you ask God, you must believe and not doubt. Anybody who doubts is like a wave in the sea blowing up and down by the wind. So, you know, this is such a fine line here about when you pray for something, if you really believe and you have faith that what you've prayed for is going to happen, and it goes along with our how to pray and get what you've prayed for. I mean, it's it's you have the right motives. You're, you're not praying out of uh, you getting the glory. I mean, if it falls into line with what the Bible tells us, because the Bible does tell us in John 15, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you, right? So. If you're praying and you doubt, it really shows up in what you do next when you pray for something. How do you respond after that? How do you react after that? 
Where is your trust? Where is your fear? Are you still in fear? Do you have that peace? Uh, Michael prayed for us before we started tonight. One of the things is, he said, we we have peace. We have joy. That's the fruit of the Spirit. So when we're praying, if we're doubting, it really shows up and how we respond, act, and live right after we've prayed. You know, a lot of people will tell me, uh, I'll, I'll pray for you, uh, but it won't do any good. Or some people will say, I mean, that's kind of what, I don't want to say his name, but that's kind of what the guy at Longhorn said. Oh, yeah, no, I haven't been annoying with oil. Go ahead. Well, if you feel like if you're going to pray for something, it's not going to do any good, you're exactly right. You don't need to pray. Uh, because you need to realize that what you believe matters. And I've, I've heard that several times. Go ahead and pray, but it's not going to do any good. Really? Why don't you sit down and we'll use my faith and I, I will pray and we'll make sure it does good. Faith and miracles are connected. That's the bottom line. Do you remember in uh, the Bible, it tells us that Jesus, how do you like that one? I don't know where it's found in the Bible. <laughs> But Jesus said, I couldn't do any miracles in my own hometown because nobody believed. But even in Matthew 13, 58, it says, because, oh, this is the verse right here. Because they did not have faith, he didn't perform any miracles there. Because faith and miracles are require faith. Miracles require faith. But we don't want to talk about that. We just want to complain about all the miracles that we think God doesn't do. You know, we have a show called Miracles with Mommy Linda. And I was laughing about it tonight as uh, I was talking with Michael about the miracles that I'm choosing, because literally before I leave the house to come and record, I yell out through the house, who's got a miracle? Who who can tell me about a miracle? <laughs> Earlier today, nobody was listening to me. I said, I'll pay a dollar if you could remind Mommy Linda of a miracle that we ha- that happened this week, because there's so many that are happening. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the one about uh, the motorcycle man that was raised from the dead. That was a couple weeks ago. But we, I literally had forgotten that we had raised a man from the dead because God is so good and is performing so many miracles. I mean, it, it when it becomes a part of your life, you literally have to start taking notes to put them down. And that's because of faith. Selfishness hinders your prayers. James 4, 3 says, when you pray, <laughs> I mean, sometimes when you read the Bible, it's like, wow, that is like so clear, right? Kind of like those, those uh, rules and regulations about the football stadium. It's kind of clear. You can't, take a, you can't take in a bag if it's not clear. You can't take this. You can't take that. James 4, 3 says, when you pray for things, you don't get them because you want them for the wrong reason. <laughs> All righty then. There you go. Have you ever prayed for your husband to do something, but really it has nothing to do with your husband? It's because it's what you want. Ladies, just asking that. Um, there's a story about Dan Muller. I don't know if you guys listen to him or not, but my, he's like my f- husband's most, most, most favorite. And I think his wife prayed for him to receive Jesus for, I'm probably going to tell the story wrong, but you can look it up, like 10, 12 years. But I mean, her motive was she wanted her life to be better. She didn't care about the salvation and the eternity and the life of her husband. And one day she changed her prayer. The Holy Spirit spoke to her and literally she changed her prayer. And one day, and after that prayer, he became a Christian and their lives have been different forever. So you really need to check your motives. I mean, according to James four, if you're being selfish about it and if what you're praying for is for something about you and your life, to not that, not that you can't pray for something about your life to be better, but what is the motive behind it? What is it? 
When you pray for things, you know, I just got off the phone with somebody on the way here who just told me that they are, this is a friend of mine from high school. They just told me that they have been uh, separated from their husband for 12 years. 12 years. They're still married, but I'm on the phone. She's literally telling me, I just, I said, did something happen? What's going on? I just don't want to, it's selfish reasons. For selfish reasons. We all want what we want, when we want it, how we want it. That's exactly the way I was before I got kids. Sometimes I'm still that way. I would like to have a good five minutes. But James 4, 3, when you pray for things, you don't get them because you want them for the wrong reason, and it's for your own pleasure. It does not work that way. Um, here's another one. Not, I mean, I probably shouldn't be talking about this because I am the wife, but First Peter 3, 7 says, not treating your wife right hinders your prayers. Now, listen, I know I talk about this a lot, but I just really think it's so important because I feel like we all get so mad that when we pray, we don't get what we pray for. And yet I feel like this is like going to the football game and not knowing the rules. You can't play. You can't play the game. You can't even watch the game. I mean, you can watch the game. I I go to that football game and sometimes I see ladies there with novels. (laughs) They're sitting there reading a book during the football game, right? They don't understand the game or they, or obviously they don't care. Or maybe they're trying to make their husband mad that he bought them a ticket and they're not paying attention. I don't know what it is. But if we don't know the rules of the game, we can't play. And if you don't know the rules of prayer, for lack of a better term, if you don't know what hinders the prayers, you know, we can't continue to, we can't just keep blaming God for it. And saying he never answers my prayers, he never does this, he never does that, because he's laid it. I mean, you can't get much clearer than that. When you pray, you don't get what you pray for because blah, blah, blah. But First Peter 3, 7 says, husbands, you got to give honor to your wives. You got to treat her as you should so your prayers won't be hindered. I mean... <laughs> this says... Uh, I mean, that... That's exactly what was going on with the guy from Longhorns that sat down beside me. I don't, I mean, I don't know why. I don't know if his wife left him or if he left his wife. I didn't get into that start part. But I mean, he's not treating the current person that he's with the way he should because he's causing her to live in sin. So he can pray about his neck all he wants to. You know, the other thing that was kind of funny was he just told me about another member in his family. And I don't know what her relationship with the Lord is who had the exact same surgery that he had. And two days after the surgery, they were fine and they went back to work. And he's been dealing with this for over a year. Unforgiveness. Unforgive. <laughs> and people get confused about what a real unforgiveness is because I, especially, I was just talking about this before, many, many times when we have an altar call and we offer to, to pray for people to be healed, uh, men especially, it's not just men, will come up and you'll say, do you have anybody you need to forgive? No, no, no. And the next thing you know, something comes up about an ex-wife. It's, it's ex-spouses. Ex-spouses are apparently, I don't have an ex-spouse, but apparently they're very, very difficult to forgive. Mark eleven twenty five. when you're praying, first forgive. Listen to this. Anyone you're holding a grudge against, woo, so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. So David and I do marriage counseling, not so much anymore. We just had a couple last week and somebody else last week, but before we used to do it a lot, a lot, a lot. 
And there was a couple, we have a red couch downstairs. I always talk about our red couch and you could always, and it's a, what do you call it? Maybe a C-shaped. You could always tell when people came downstairs kind of where they were at in their marriage. Cause like if one person would sit on this part and one person would sit on this part, or if they would sit together, where they would sit, this particular couple uh, was sitting on two different edges and we were explaining things and talking about forgiveness and, and how the, the way we counsel is nuthetic counseling, which means it's all, it's all by the Bible and what the Bible says and that nothing we were going to tell them had anything to do with our opinion, only what the Bible says. And so we explained to the woman that forgiveness would have to take place. And she looked straight at David and I, and she said, if you're telling me that I have to forgive him to be a Christian, I would rather go straight to hell. I'm not forgiving him. And I mean, <laughs> I, was, I looked at David. David looked at me. I was like, all righty then. We're going to have to, <laughs> we're going to have a little bit of work to do here, right? But if you don't forgive other people, the bottom line is your father in heaven is not going to forgive your sins, right? So it's that thing about you're drinking, you're drinking poison thinking that it's going to uh, ruin them. And I mean, and they did finally end up getting divorced because she, again, wouldn't forgive. And I think he's gone on. He's very happy and has another marriage. And she, the last time we saw her, she looked like she was probably 40 years older than what she really is, uh, just because it's, it's a poison. It's a poison inside of you. Our forgiveness is, it's conditional. You know, a lot of churches that we go to, and I don't know what denomination it is that always does this, but there's a lot of churches that say the Lord's Prayer, like they do it at the... I don't know, the beginning and the end sometime. They'll say, let's say the Lord's Prayer. But do you know that even the, when they're, you're sitting there saying, our Father who art in heaven, how be thy name, blah, blah, blah. Even the Lord's Prayer says in Matthew 6, 12, forgive us our sins. Who knows the Lord's Prayer? How does that go at the end? As we have forgiven those who sin against us. So if you're if you're one of those people that goes around quoting the Lord's Prayer, you're saying it out loud. You're even saying, hey, just forgive me the way I forgive other people. Really? And that's the way the beginning of the Lord's Prayer says, teach us how to pray. So he's telling us to pray that way. That's, he's, a, he's you know what, he, in that Lord's Prayer, he's already assuming, because I mean, who would, who would do that to hurt us? He's assuming we've already forgiven, right? Because he or or he wouldn't we wouldn't be able to say that. Forgive us as we have forgiven others. Because <laughs> for some of us, it's like better not say that because we're not forgiven. Um, another reason that hinders our prayers is lack of reconciliation. Lack of reconciliation hinders our prayers. I always take this too far, uh, but that's Matthew five twenty three and twenty four, and this is huge because God is a God of reconciliation. God is a God of unity, um, and He wants us to reconcile even before we worship. He says, you know, if you're presenting a sacrifice at the altar, He wants us to reconcile even before we give. You know, a lot of people get upset about churches talking about giving and offerings. He's like, if you're up at the altar and you have a sacrifice, your or tithe that you're giving, just leave it there. Go, make something, make it better. Be reconciled with the person and then come and make your sacrifice to God. If you're not willing to reconcile with your brother, then God doesn't even want your worship. I wonder how many people are there on Sunday mornings with their hands raised high, getting into the music and acting like they're really worshiping God and God's up there going, forget about it. Forget about it. You got people you need to reconcile with. We need to reach the point where we can say, forgive them of how they treated me. 
I don't want them to go to hell because of me. Everything else in their lives is between them and you. And when God tells us to pray for our enemies, he's not saying, go get them. Go get them, God. That's not the way we're supposed to pray for our enemies. He doesn't want us to pray evil on them. He wants us to pray for good things for them. Do you do that? I don't know that I always do that. But we got to reconcile before we worship. Another thing that hinders our prayers is revenge. Uh, Romans 12, 19 tells us, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous God. And I'm going to tell you, I've done this a couple of times in my life. And you better, when you pray for God to take revenge, it's much worse than anything you would you could have ever thought of anyways. Uh, I've prayed for that on several occasions. And I've had to go back to God and say, stop. That's enough. That's enough. Evil is real and Satan has powers, but God's power is greater. And he will take the revenge. Returning evil for evil hinders your prayers. You know, Matthew 5.39 says, don't resist an evil person. If somebody slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other cheek. That doesn't, that doesn't happen a lot at our house. Anger can control you if you let it. That's in uh, both Proverbs and Ephesians. But don't sin by letting anger control you. And anger does hinder your prayers. Anger actually, do you know this has a chemical connection in the brain? that causes you to do and say things that you don't even remember you did and said. Don't sin by letting anger control you. Now, here's a big one. Ladies, listen up. Slander and gossip hinders your prayers. Leviticus 19.16 is just one place that this is mentioned. Do not spread slanderous gossip among you. I've got a bunch of stories that I want to share with you, but I'm running out of time. So I just want to mention to you this. Do you think that the story I told you in the beginning, I mean, is it okay to live together and have sex before or instead of getting married? Is that okay? You know, we do have done a lot in the past in prison, prison ministry, and many people in prison say, the majority of their problems started after they had sex with a prostitute or after they had sex with somebody they weren't supposed to have sex with. That is when they started hearing voices or that is when they started seeing demons or that is when nightmares started. So God's not playing whenever he sets up his rules and his boundaries. Uh, I'm going to give you two more and then we're going to head out. But greed do not be a greedy person. A greedy person is an idolater and someone who worships this world. Um, I have a great story about that, but I'll have to share that with you another time. And I'm going to close out tonight by telling you this. There are rules to the games. For football, and I know there's a lot of football fans listening because we are we all love football in America, which my, my kids from Haiti think that's really silly because we don't use our, they say soccer is football. You don't use your feet in football, right? We, we don't mind abiding by the rules. And some of us even try to cheat with the rules uh, going into the football stadiums and sticking stuff in our pockets and bringing things in and trying to be the bad person and the rule breaker. But rules are there for a reason. God has, God is the creator of the earth. When he's the one who's created it and he tells you, all you have to do is ask me and I'll give it to you, then we don't need to be lying. We don't need to deal with the greed. We need to realize that if we do what he's told us to do, he's willing to answer our prayers. 
And so for those of you who really need an answer to prayer, I want you to listen to this over and over. I want you to go back and listen to our series on how to pray and get what you pray for. Because we have an Almighty Father, a Most High God, that is sitting ready, willing, and able to answer our prayers. He wants us to love Him so that we can love them. And a lot of times loving them means forgiving and not being selfish in doing what He's asked us to do. Are you feeling broken or lost? Are you struggling to find a community of like-minded women? Come join us on Soul Win, Shining Our Light Women's Inspiration Network. Soul Win women have come out victoriously from their dark places and now use their God-given gifts to shine their light to the whole world. Get your free 30-day trial today. Go to www.soulwin.tv to subscribe now. Are you feeling broken or lost? Are you struggling to find a community of like-minded women? Come join us on Soul Win, Shining Our Light Women's Inspiration Network. Soul Win women have come out victoriously from their dark places and now use their God-given gifts to shine their light to the whole world. Get your free 30-day trial today. Go to www.soulwin.tv to subscribe now.